0: Welcome everybody to the Preacher's Perspective. This is Pastor Warren Joyce from Moorhead, Minnesota. And um, last week we started reading from my new book, Recognizing the Call, that is not available quite yet. It's almost ready and should be ready very soon over the next couple weeks. Uh, It should go up for pre-order and then for sale right after that. over the next few weeks. Um, And I want to just continue reading about the voice of God. Um, And we started this last week, and um, I think there's still quite a bit to discuss and to talk about uh, concerning the voice of God. So I want to begin with reading an excerpt from the book, and this is from chapter one still. And uh, so we'll just begin right now. It says, when... Our lives are too loud, God's voice cannot be heard, and when we cannot hear God's voice, we start to make mistakes. The loudness of life can come from many different things. It can come from entertainment, work, family, or even church. Though life comes with many duties and responsibilities, we must prioritize time and prayer with God above everything else. Spending time in prayer allows us to find our rest in God and draw close to his spirit. But prioritizing prayer requires us to lay down the activities of our lives and put everything else on pause. In these moments, God can directly communicate with us. In these moments, he can establish who he is and his direction for our lives. Without these times of stillness in our walk with God, we cannot correctly follow after him because we will not be able to hear His voice above the noise. To hear God's voice is to find God's way, and to find find God's way is to live according to God's will. God is always speaking and trying to get our attention. He is not silent, nor has He ever been silent. The truth is, we have too many things that distract us away from hearing His voice clearly. That is why we must learn to be still before God. Having our steps ordered by God does not mean we will always naturally follow his ordering. The next part of Psalms 37.23 states, And he delighteth in his way. The part, This part is what makes a difference in the walk. Do we enjoy the way God has established before us? Or are we looking for an easier way, a better way? God desires that all men and women follow the way he has established. The reality is... Though most people do not desire to follow the path he puts before them, all right, so that's a little excerpt that we have from the book here dealing with um, how our lives are allowed and mention a few things here number one, it says that our lives can be they can come from different things to come from entertainment, work, family, and even church um, and it's so very true that. How often do we find ourselves um, in the busyness of church work, in the busyness of doing things that we think are? the right thing to do, and they may very well be the right thing to do, but because there's so much busyness and not enough stillness in our life, not enough time spent directly with God, then we become frustrated, we become exhausted, we become wore out. And it's and it's really because we are not doing the right things. We're not we're not silencing the noise in our life to be able to hear God's voice speak to us and tell us what to do. We all like to um, uh, have some control over our life. Uh, you know, I you, you very seldomly will run into someone who just desires someone else to completely control every aspect of their life and just tell me what to do and I'll just go do that and I don't have to think or worry or, or anything. We all, we all want to have some control. And in that, we sometimes can try to control too much we can try to control too much of the moving in the flowing of God's Spirit. And so we do that by just filling up the calendar with things that must be done, with task, And we've become task-oriented. And uh, we're, we're very busy today. We're very, very consumed with having things to do and and making sure that our lives are organized and everything is in its right order and in its right place. But in that, where have we allowed god to speak where have we allowed the stillness of life our world is is so um incredibly busy it's really um crazy how how, how things are how how everything moves constantly no, no matter where you are whether you even live in a big town or you know or in or you live in a small town you it doesn't matter lives have become so busy with stuff with things that must be accomplished, uh, from the church planner that has just started a church, or um, someone that's been in a church for five or ten years, and you're you're trying to win the hearts of your city, or to a pastor that's been uh, just pastoring a church that's been there for thirty or forty years, and you're trying to uh, not only maintain but to grow. You're trying to have revival, and it, it doesn't matter where where you are. Uh, as far as your what, what kind of ministry that you're operating in, but the the point is the same: is we have to allow God to speak to us. We have to allow time for the Lord to to spend with us in stillness. Do we find ourselves in prayer and and only uh, seeking after and only uh, telling God what needs to happen or what we would like to see happen, or do we allow some some time for the Lord to speak back to us? And I know those are kind of basic things, but if you evaluate yourself, then you'll find that uh, when you are the most consumed, when you're the most wore out, when you are um, the most uh, overwhelmed or exhausted, those are the times that typically you are not allowing God to speak, but you are telling God what you want to happen. And so what what we have to do to combat that is we have to prioritize time in prayer with God. And that has to be number one above everything else. It has to be more important than anything else that we do. Prayer in, in a relationship and walk with God has to be the number one thing that we do. You, you have to spend that time in stillness with the Lord. Um, without that stillness, without that that time of of uh, alone time, if you will, with God, then we are going to run around in circles, not accomplishing anything, but thinking we're doing a lot because our calendars are full and and that's it's detrimental to the move and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost because we are not being led by God, even though. We try to live that Psalms thirty seven twenty three, having our steps ordered by God. That's what we're trying to do and that's what we claim that's that's how we're living. But in all reality, um if if we're not delighting in his way, then he's not ordering our steps. Then we we are finding our own way. When we feel like the way is the problem, that, you know, that doing this is why I'm frustrated. It's, we're not frustrated because we have work in the church to do. We're frustrated because we don't know how or the outcome of our efforts. We don't know if they're, if they're meaning anything or not. That's where the frustration comes from. And we're wearing ourselves out trying to determine what the outcome is going to be when we have no control over that all we are called to do is to bear the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the lost and dying world. you know. And however that that is accomplished, that's how we're supposed to do it. Or that's what we're supposed to do is just to bear the message. We are the messengers. We are the ones that are are preaching this gospel to this world. And so we have to prioritize time with the one who's giving the message. Not not prioritize time and programs and events and things on our calendars, but prioritize God. Make God the priority. Make him number one. And I know if I were to talk to many people, and I have talked to several people about this, but and the answer is usually always the same to the question, do you prioritize God? The answer is yes. And then when we look at calendars and we look at, um, things that are taking place, then the answer would change, because what, when do we just spend time alone with Him? When you know our lives are so busy that that having that time, that stillness with God, is almost non-existent in our society today. A hundred years ago, things were quite different. It was not as busy of a life. Yeah, they still had things to do. They still lived, but. It it wasn't as hectic as it is. There wasn't constant movement. We didn't know what was happening around the world every second of every day as we do now. So the only way we can combat that, the only way we can combat that is to spend time alone and away from all the things that distract us. We have to spend time with the Lord. It has to be number one. And if we don't make that number one... Then um, we're going to continue to be struck. Um, stru- we're going to continue to struggle, and we're going to continue to be frustrated. And it's going to constantly be something going on that um, we think that we have to do something else. We ha- we think we have to to add something else to the calendar, and that's not the answer. Anyway, so let's let's read another little segment here. It says, "God will not." overpower our will to prove His. He will allow roadblocks and closed doors in an attempt to persuade us to choose another route. He will allow things to happen to us so we will slow down and listen. We often get way ahead of ourselves and think we know what God wants and what His will is for our lives. In all reality, we only know enough of God's will for the day we have been given. God gives us glimpses of what He would have us do only allowing a limited amount of information to come to us at any given point. This is purposeful and has great meaning. God allows us to know just enough so that we will continue moving forward, but he also withholds just enough so that we will continue to seek his voice. This is a thin balancing line, and God designed it this way so we know to look to him as our source. It is easy to get off track from God's purpose when we think we have it all figured out. Now, I know nobody that's listening to me uh, has it all figured out. And I know that because you're human, just like I am. (laughs) And um, even though we we like to pretend sometimes that we have it all figured out. But we don't. We don't have it figured out. So we have to depend and trust in God. All right. Next, Next paragraph here says, Notice that God told Abram, Get thee out of thy country unto a land that I will show thee. That's Genesis 12 and 1. God only gave Abram enough information to keep him moving. The rest of the promises and information came later in Abram's walk with God. God uses this method so that we will continually seek him. We can only discern God's voice by continually going back to the stillness of prayer. It is at the altar of prayer that God reveals his divine purpose and his voice grows clear to us. Without this alone, Without this alone time with God, we will labor in vain and never achieve the fullness of our potential in Him. One thing I've noticed when seeking God's voice is that God doesn't give me direction or guidance when I am overwhelmed with the roller coaster of life's emotions. For instance, when I fail to exhibit temperance, He does not speak to me. When I lose my long-suffering, He does not speak to me. When I lose my love for others, He does not speak to me. If I want God to speak to me, I must align myself with His Spirit. This means I must align myself with the fruit of the, of the Spirit. God's spoken voice to me will never contradict the written Word of God. God's voice will never bring confusion to a situation I am facing. God's voice will never speak mercilessly toward others. The Word of God is pure and merciful. It is peaceful and encouraging. It is not derogatory It does not speak curses and vengeance towards others. God's voice does not exalt us higher than others. It humbles those who hear it and demands reverence from them. Those who hear it but do not revere it will lose the sound of it to the noise of their own name being praised. It is a sobering thing to hear the voice of God. It is the voice of the Creator of life, the voice of the One who spoke the world into existence. If we discount it and dismiss it as nothing, we could very easily silence it in our lives. Recognizing God's voice when He speaks to us takes time and patience. How loudly we hear God's voice is often determined by how many distractions we have going on in our lives at any given time. There are many Christians who have been serving the Lord for many years but do not have a clear understanding of His voice. This is because they have never learned how to turn everything else down so they could hear God. The Bible tell, tells us in Hebrews 12 and 1, Let us, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which thus so easily beset us. Paul is telling the Hebrews to put down the things that add weight to their purpose, the things that keep them standing around instead of running the race they are supposed to be running. The distractions of life keep us from correctly hearing the voice of God in our lives. As long as we have a life full of distractions and busyness, we will struggle to hear God's voice clearly. Mistaking our own voice for God's is not an uncommon thing among Christians today. We can hear our voices in every situation, and every circumstance we face without any effort. God's voice takes focus and prayer. It takes stillness and peace. It is determined by listening and searching for Him, and it is always, and it always agrees with His Word. Our voice is often loud and boisterous. God's voice is quiet. Our voice is abrasive and hurtful. God's voice is smooth and strengthening. God's voice can be checked and proven, but our voice changes with our emotions. God's voice is not void of conviction, nor is it weak and feeble. It is strong and determined but always spoken in love and for the purpose of the hearers to come to repentance. God's voice does not condemn, and it does not leave us empty and without hope. It brings conviction and shows our guilt so that we can repent and turn to him. He does not speak with correction, and some or I'm sorry, he does speak with correction, and sometimes his voice breaks us into pieces. But even when this happens, he will be there to put us back together again with his words of eternal life the breaking of our spirit is only done so he can rebuild us into what he wants us to be in the story of abram and how he left everything on the simple command to go we must understand that abram continued to seek the voice of god everywhere he went after the first moment he heard it i do not believe abram stopped praying and stopped seeking god after his first encounter with him I believe he kept looking and searching for the voice of God throughout his life. We see God speaking with him at other times in the scriptures, and this is indicative of a continual relationship that was built on communication. After God told Abraham and Sarah they would have a child in their old age and promised that he would make a great nation of Abraham's descendants, we find that he was greatly displeased with the wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and plan to destroy them. However, because Abraham had developed such close and open communication with God, God chose to let Abraham in on his plan. In Genesis 18, 17, God said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? He did not have to tell Abraham his plans to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, but he did this because of their relationship. The voice of God had become so familiar to Abraham that God was able to speak plainly with Abraham about what he desired to do, and Abraham was given the opportunity to plead with God over the souls of his family. God's mercy is always looking for someone who will stand in the gap for others in this world. The more we speak with God and learn His voice, the easier it becomes for us to enter into a time of intercession, where the Spirit of God can speak through us on behalf of others. This is what began to take place in Genesis 18 when Abraham pleaded on behalf of the righteous in Sodom and Gomorrah. It was the mercy of God speaking through Abraham on behalf of others. God desires us to enter into the same intercession today. When I am able to quiet myself and hear the voice of God, God will use my voice to speak for others. This is the will of God. We must allow ourselves to become selfless in our prayer lives so God's voice can speak through us for others. When we are only concerned about ourselves, we cannot be used to our greatest potential. It is the emptying emptying of ourselves through the stillness of prayer that allows room for God to speak to us and through us according to His will. If we never come to this place in prayer because we are only concerned with our own circumstances, then we are missing the opportunity for God to truly speak to us. God is looking for an opportunity to speak to us. will, Will we give him one? This requires us to make room for him. God will not ever force his way into our lives because he is a gentleman. He is always ready and willing to speak to us and further our relationship, but we must make the first move. All in all, he already made the first move at Calvary. Now he is waiting for us to come to him. James 4, 7 and 8 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. God will speak to us and move in us, when we draw close to him. God does not only want us to hear him, he wants us to both hear and understand. God is not some mysterious being that is far removed from our circumstances and situations. He is nearer than we think and is closely connected to what is happening in our lives. Since the Garden of Eden, God has desired a time of communication, or sorry, God has desired a time of communi- communion with each of us. He wants us to know Him as He knows us. We cannot just push the thought of speaking to God aside and ignore it simply because we do not have a clear understanding of how He communicates with us. We must learn His ways, we must seek His will, and we must tune our ears to His voice. We must be careful to not mistake our voice and God's voice, especially when we are preaching or teaching. While preaching, it is easy to get caught up in an emotional rant based on the current situations we are facing individually or even as a church. Often, we blame God for things we say while preaching and this should not be. We must be cautious and deliberate with the things God says to us for the church. We will be held accountable for every idle word that we use, even more so when we use these words in ministering to the saints of God. A simple rule of thumb is to speak where God speaks and be silent where God is silent. Sometimes we want to deal with things behind the pulpit with our words when God wants to deal with the situation in the spirit and in the people's hearts individually. When we are preaching, our words should be spoken with love and as God gives them to us. We should never speak or preach a sermon that is designed around an individual or based on our frustration towards a situation. The people of God are the physical body of Christ on this earth. We must respect them as such with our words. That's the end of chapter one of recognizing the call. Um, There are several uh, things in in this particular chapter um, about hearing God's voice and uh understanding it's it's him that we are we're trying to minister without a, a better way of putting it we're trying to minister him we're trying to to show him to the world we're trying to show who he is to people that don't understand who he is and we have to do that through our uh physical bodies through this flesh that is imperfect and battered and beaten and broken and bruised and, and has had all the trauma and all the things that it's gone through. And But God chooses to do it that way. God chooses to use us in our imperfection to speak about a perfect God. And God knows that we're, we are imperfect, and God knows that we have problems and we have troubles, but he chooses us anyway. And he, he wants people to know. That though there are imperfections, though there are things that are, are mistakes and problems in our lives, that he still uses people to, to preach and to speak life and help and to minister who he is to others. And that's just the way God does it. What the problem that we have is, is we sometimes allow this broken flesh to hinder the truth that God would have us to speak. And it comes through this broken flesh, maybe in a way that God did not intend for it to come. So we have to be careful. We have to be careful as ministers. We have to be careful as preachers of the gospel that we don't allow this flesh to hinder the the word that God has given us to give. We, we should never, um, we, we've got to be careful to, to not allow our, um, our emotions, the things that we're going through right then to stop the move of the Holy Ghost. Um, because it can. It can very quickly. If uh, you are, say, you uh, somebody wants to meet you before you're about to preach, and uh, you, you have to preach that day, and but they, they, they meet you, or you just go through conversation, and, and they say something off-putting, and then now you have to deal with that while you're preaching. That's not easy to do. That's not easy to do. It makes it harder to hear God's voice. It makes it a whole lot harder because then in our flesh, we want to respond to that. We want to respond to that or react to it. Um, and, And that's not the right thing to do. The right thing to do is to preach what God has called us to preach, the message that we already have, and to ignore that fleshly desire to speak what we want to speak, but... And so what we have to do is just ignore it and preach the gospel. Preach the truth in love. And not to allow that to hinder the move of the Holy Ghost. Because it can very easily do so if we allow it to. Anyway, so preach the preach the truth in love. Preach the truth in love to this world today. Still yourself before God. Listen to His voice. Find Him. And allow Him to operate through you. And I pray that this somehow will help you today. And um, and uh, this has been the preacher's perspective with Pastor Warren Joyce in Moorhead, Minnesota. God bless.